This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. This is Dr. Kathleen Kavorik, and I am here fanning the flames at beautiful Terra Sancta Retreat Center um, in the beautiful Black Hills of and, uh, Rapid City, South Dakota. I uh, am going to first of all thank my guest, Jim Kenyon, who has been was here for the first hour. And for those of you who weren't able to hear that, the podcasts are always available. And I strongly uh, urge you to, to take a listen. Jim is from Catholic Social Services, and he and I talked about faith over fear, and, um, and especially in relationship to the pandemic. So I, if listeners, if you've not heard that hour, I hope you get the chance to go back to the podcast and listen to that. So Jim, just wanted to thank you before you sign off with us. Thank you so much for being here with me this morning and for your insight and your wisdom. Uh, very grateful. Really- and, and just thank you, Kathleen, and, and know that this is very exciting to have you have your own radio show. And- and just need to thank Real Presence Radio. I, too, am a donor, and I'm telling you, what a great word to help get the message out. And you amplify the power of all of our ministries um, by making sure that those are reached out to so many across the, the listening area. So thank you, Kathleen, and thank Real Presence Radio for the extraordinary ministry and the way they support the work of the Lord. Thank you. Well, Jim, you have blessed us, and I just pray the Lord's blessing on you in the incredibly powerful work that you do at Catholic Social Services. And I should have done the little shout-out because your brunch is coming up, isn't it? The, it is. Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday and Gray will be there. Yeah, so if, you're, if anyone's looking for tickets, call now because they're going quickly. Father Tim or, or Dr. Tim Gray will be here. But I'm going to let you jump, jump forward and, and move on with the next interview and 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 um, thank you again. Thank you, Jim. So, lis- listeners, I have um, Amy Julian with me for the second hour here, and welcome, Amy. Good so morning. Good to have you. Oh, it's good to be here. We're going to talk the second hour about I've entitled it "Trauma to Triumph," and we're going to get into a little bit. Um, we're going to talk about. Abortion is the main trauma that we're going to talk about here, but we're going to look at different aspects of trauma. And it's really interesting because we really believe this this connects to the first part of the program. Um, a lot of this is still that faith over fear. Um, and Jim alluded to it when he talked about families who worry, you know, like, I can't have more than one child because how can I afford that? And they go way out in the future and right. imagine all of the worst um, case scenario. And, and I think our society actually builds that up um, and fosters that look on how awful it's going to be. So we're, so we're going to talk about how we can turn that trauma to triumph. We're going to look at this area where the enemy intended evil. God means good. And um, Amy, would you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself before we dive in? Sure. I am currently serving as the Director of Family Life Ministries for the Diocese of Rapid City, which is just a crazy confluence of Holy Spirit (laughs) 
<laughs> activities because I started my life. I, I grew up in Maryland, um, started my career as an, an accountant, as a CPA, and worked for basically 30 years as an accountant. Um, but about 20 years ago, I came into the church, and that was after 20 years of having been away from God altogether. And the healing that I received and coming into the church from all kinds of things, whenever we're away from God, we, um, we you know, have that, that hole in our heart. And so 20 yes. years I experienced that hole. And then um, coming back into the church, I began to volunteer for all kinds of different activities, including Rachel's Vineyard that we'll be talking about. But, um, you know, also RCIA and other pro-life movements. And as it turned out, when this position opened up almost seven years ago, all the volunteer work I had been doing for the last 15 years all kind of prepared me to actually work in this position. So had I ever thought that I would like to be the family life minister, I would never have prepared myself as well as the Holy Spirit did. Yes. (laughs) yes. Come Holy Spirit. (laughs) And I love that. And Amy and I have... I used to be director of family life ministries for the diocese, so we have the job in common. And I know a little bit. And the bit. office. We're actually in my old office right now. Yeah, which we were just <laughs> laughing about that. It's yeah. like, what's the possibility of that? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, and yeah. I also um, am married. We live on my husband's family ranch, and I have five children, ranging from 30 to 14. Beautiful so, children, too. Yeah. Yes. I think so. I get to catch up on your Facebook page a little bit and see them that way. I haven't seen some of them yeah. for years. Yeah, it's wonderful. So thanks for being here, Amy. Um, really appreciate it. Well, it's my pleasure. We're, we're going to dive right in, listeners, and um, we're, we're going to talk about some of the things that we are dealing with right now. And um, Amy's going to talk a little bit about the Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization. And when, when she and I talked um, earlier, we really talked about, you know, are we ready? If, if this does go forward, um, are we as Christians, are we ready to take up the slack that might be out there? So that's one of the things we're going to get to in the program today. But Amy, would you give us just a little overview of where we are with Dobbs and why yeah. this is significant for us? Sure. And for those that um, maybe haven't been you know, paying attention or plugged into what's in front of the Supreme Court right now, um, Dobbs versus the Jackson Women's Health Organization of Mississippi is a case that um, had, was argued back in December, and we're awaiting a decision right now. Um, and it really has the potential to be the most important case on abortion since like 1993, since um, Planned Parenthood versus Casey. And it There are a lot of people, much smarter than I am, who really think that this case has the potential to limit or even possibly overturn Roe v. Wade, which is insane. I mean, we've been praying for this for years. I mean, people have been praying for this for 50 years, you know, and that this could be happening is a little mind-blowing, you know, and the things that they're focusing on, um, especially the, the justices when they were... Um, questioning um, the petitioners. Uh, The justices were focusing on the line of viability and whether that was a workable line because a lot of laws have that worked into it that abortion um, up to viability is completely without any kind of hindrance um, or limitations. And that line of viability keeps changing with medical 
advances. And then even each individual child, you know, has the ability to survive at different times. Um, Dobbs v. Jackson seeks to limit it at 15 weeks, which is currently before our liability or our viability standard. But it's really consistent with most of the countries in, say, the European Union. You know, yes. so like 47 out of 50 countries in the European Union have um, limitations at 15 weeks or even before. Yes. And so for us to have unlimited access, uh, you know, or even up to 20 weeks puts us in the club with countries like. China and North Korea, you know, countries that we probably don't want to have our moral um, standard hinged to, you know. Uh, The other question is undue burden and what constitutes an undue burden to a woman uh, from receiving an abortion or having that access to reproductive health care. And that was a question that a lot of the um, justices were focusing on, especially from the the ones who are more likely to be pro-life. Uh, whereas the ones who were more likely to be pro-choice were focusing on stare decisis, you know, so the fact that we've had now, you know, 30 years of, or um, 50 years almost, of uh, cases that were settled in favor of a woman's, quote, right to choose, and does that accumulation of cases uh, provide too much of a barrier to overturning it? And of course, the more cases we have that affirm that, perceived right, the harder that's going to be to, to overturn, overturn. Yes. under that, that principle of stare decisis. Right. And let, let the decision stand. Right. For those of right. you who they, don't know the meaning of yeah, that. Yeah, that given any other um, facts to the contrary, that, you know, the, the premise, that the um, more favorable thing would be to let a pre-existing case to, to stand. Yes. Pre-existing decision to stand. Um, and then that whole um, perceived right of privacy that a row um, kind of manufactured it's you know and and they were kind of diving into the constitution to say okay where does this right of privacy exist so um, because of all these factors um, there really is a chance that this could be limited or overturned and if it does happen then um, oh my goodness, the political landscape is going to be dominated by the discussion of abortion. Yes. Because already you can look at um, pro-choice websites, particularly uh, pre- uh, political re- websites, and they're already gearing up to make this the central um, cause in midterm elections. So between now and midterm elections, or whenever that decision comes out, you can expect the media and the political landscape to be completely dominated by this talk about abortion. And so that in itself is going to be a triggering event for any woman or man who has ever had to suffer from the choice of abortion. Excuse me. They're no longer going to be able to avoid that topic. And it's in their face. Yes. Yes. And so that's where, you know, we're looking at, okay, how can we respond to this? Yes. How can we help? Yes. Ask yes. church to be able to be there and be ready for the people that have already experienced an abortion, but also be ready to engage into the conversation about why um, abortion really isn't a viable choice for people and what it is that we offer as as church to the women that face that unplanned pregnancy. Yes, yes. How how can we really come alongside them? How mm-hmm. can we truly be Christian in every 
you know, in, in the deepest meaning of right. that. So we have two things to look at. How can we heal in women and men who have already been through it? Yes. And then how can we engage in that conversation and not appear to be the big bad bullies that really don't care about women in problem pregnancy situations? Right. Which is how we are A portrayed people perceive us. on the media. Right? Yes. Yes. And so we... We really need to be very proactive, don't we? Right. Yes, and and be ready. And we've too often been just reactive. Right. And to have the courage to be able to be bold. And the way we can have the courage is our faith in God's mercy. Because God will triumph. You know, so it's just the whole theme of your show today. (laughs) I love that. So as, as we go to break here, hold on to that, our faith in God's mercy. And, And we will be talking about that more as we come back here on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Radio is available on Alexa-enabled devices, including Amazon Echo, phones, tablets, and smart displays. To enable the skill, just say, Alexa, enable Real Presence Radio. To listen, say something like, Alexa, open Real Presence Radio. It will then ask what station you want to play. To which you can respond, play Sioux Falls, or play AM970, or play WWEN. From there, you can use commands like play, pause, and stop. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere, on Alexa-enabled devices. Religion, because of the very nature of what we're dealing with here, God, my most fundamental relationship, my, you know, this groundwork for my, most of my social relationships is so highly emotional for people that if you're going through a place in which your fundamental core beliefs are being challenged or uh, you might think that they might be wrong in some way or maybe they need to be you know clarified or, or some distinction might need to be brought getting around that emotion and having a place where you you feel safe like you don't have to you know protect yourself is one of the most fundamentally important moments or, or, or characteristics of helping to bring somebody through a conversion because everybody wants to feel safe publicly and uh, that's why you know the relationship is very often something that comes before the hard conversations with people. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers vision therapy services for children and adults. Symptoms of poor reading comprehension, headaches, tired eyes, and poor coordination can be indicators of eye movement conditions which affect reading and learning. Eye movement disorders are often undetected by school vision screenings and regular eye exams. For more information about how vision therapy can help treat these conditions, our website is www.lumen.vision. 
At the University of Mary, we offer an education for the whole of life. Our values-based, flexible, and affordable education will prepare you for success and help you become a leader in your field. Whether you want to start your degree for the first time or continue your education, whether you are a working professional or want to pursue school full-time, join us for an education that will help you make a positive impact in our community. Discover the Mary difference. Umary.edu. That's umary.edu. Of course, for the faithful and also for those who are maybe, maybe even those who are on the fence or who aren't even Catholic, it's a wonderful opportunity where you're just kind of browsing the radio and then all of a sudden, hey, what's this? And I've heard a number of stories of uh, even non-Catholics and somebody who's maybe been Catholic, but they kind of fell away from the faith and kind of they're, they're kind of secretly listening to Real Presence Radio as they drive to work or as they're a farmer and they're out in the fields and just kind of how they have been inspired by the truth of the gospel and our many uh, good speakers um, on the radio uh, sharing the truth of Christ and, uh, and his mercy and, and of course uh, for the faithful um, probably the majority of who are listening to Catholic Radio um, we're always built up um, through the gift of the gospel This is Connie Paintner from Blessed Sacrament in West Fargo Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, Please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. like to shop local, but sometimes there are items you can't easily get nearby. The next time you shop online, think of Real Presence Radio. If you use our special link, Real Presence Radio will get a portion of your purchase price on Amazon, and it won't cost you anything additional. Just go to realpresenceradio.com slash smile, and you're all set. You'll be directed to Amazon Smile, where a portion of your purchase price will be donated to Real Presence Radio. It's easy, fast, and doesn't cost you a dime. Find the link at realpresenceradio.com slash smile. Searching for more great Catholic content? Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com. Find Catholic news you can trust, information about events coming up in the local area, and the latest on what's happening at the RPR Network. And don't forget that you can listen to any of our stations around the clock from anywhere in the world. Need prayers for someone or something in your life? You can submit those through our online form for the entire family to pray for. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. Online at realpresenceradio.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. This is Kathleen Kavorik, and I'm here with Amy Julian from Family Life Ministries at the Rapid City Diocese. And we are talking about uh, moving from trauma to triumph. 
And in this in this segment, we'd like to just dive into the heartbreak of abortion and talk about that in a little more detail. Um, so, actually, uh, we were not able to have Carol Kling on the show as she's actually dealing with a sick daughter. So we asked for prayers from all of the listeners for Carol's daughter. Amen. Um, but Amy is going to kind of set the stage by sharing Carol's story. And Carol is the coordinator for Rachel's Vineyard Ministry that serves both South Dakota and North Dakota. Yeah. So, Amy, you want to you want to share about Carol's story? Sure. And uh, Carol and I have been working together for over twenty years now, um, talking about abortion and you know working with each other and healing one another. And so we've we've shared each other's stories a million times over. Um, and really, every story is different, but every story has so many different common elements. You know, and Carol was a a young woman who had moved out of state, was living with her boyfriend, um, kind of playing that whole make-believe, you know, <laughs> life of, I'm an adult now, and we have our own family, or we have our own apartment, and, you know, we've got good jobs, and she um, had an unexpected pregnancy. You know, they weren't married yet, they weren't even engaged, and so she really... Um, wasn't ready to deal with a pregnancy. And, and at first it seemed a little bit like, like this was the fulfillment of that fairy tale story that they were living out. Um, but then she started thinking, well, we're not married. You know, I wonder if he really even is ready to make that commitment. And so right in the middle of, you know, her own discernment about how she felt about this pregnancy, um, she said to him, you know, well, you know, there is another option. We don't have to go through with this. Um, it is possible that we could make another choice. And he turned to her and he said, well, it's your body, it's your choice. You know, parroting the words mm-hmm. that society has been saying for yes. all these years. And she at that moment felt so devastated and completely unsupported. You know, like like not only was he not supporting her, Uh, But that he wasn't supporting this child and that he really didn't want this, you know, that he was putting Uh the entire burden onto her. her. And, and, and again, it goes back to the irony of what society says about this, my body, my choice, and that men have no say in the decision. And yet, you know, really they do because every family needs a father. And if we leave fathers out of this decision, you know, we leave fathers out of the family and we're reaping the consequences for that even now. So Carol felt incredibly just bereft, you know, yes, and isolated, isolated. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and this is not uncommon at all. This yes. is usually most women, um, you know, people don't aspire to have an abortion in their life. You know, they, it happens because they just feel lost, you know? And so, so Carol went ahead and made that choice of abortion. Um, really felt pushed into it, you know, uh-huh. which isn't uncommon. And as soon as she got there, you know, just being in the clinic started to think, what the heck am I doing? Why am I here? And that is not uncommon. You yes. know, it is so common for women to say, you know, once I got there, once I was on the table, I started thinking, you know, run, leave, get out of here. But you you can't. And so yeah. you feel so incredibly vulnerable and powerless in that moment because you just can't change your mind. You can't change that decision. And that's where she was. And it was um, really a traumatic event for her, just the way it is for most women. And afterwards, she just was a puddle of 
despair and depression. And she curled up in her apartment for, you know, days, you know, looking back, it seemed to her like it had been weeks, you know, and months. Mm-hmm. And um, any little thing would trigger and, and put her back in that place. The heater clicking on or vacuum cleaner, wow. really. And vacuum cleaners are not an uncommon trigger because it's that sound of suction. Oh, and, yes. um, you know, like she says, I, you know, I, I couldn't vacuum my floors for years you know, wow. because it just triggered her so much to go back to that moment. And so gradually over time, she began to stuff all of that down. Um, again, a very common very common response to just hide that away to the point where she forgot that she had even experienced this. And the, over the next couple of years, just anything, any, any port in a storm, drugs or alcohol or whatever it was, you know, self-destructive behaviors, um, anything to kind of just make that feeling go away to the point where she actually forgot that she had had an abortion but she knew that she was just desolate and sad and she couldn't figure out why at this point and she would go back to church and she would sit in church and just sob through the whole thing she's like i I can't go to church and she was feeling Mm -hmm. drawn to god but then like there was a barrier and she didn't know what it was you know and so to the point where she stopped going trying to go back to church and then these women were um praying over her. A friend of hers had invited her to a prayer group and they were praying over her, you know, like, uh-huh. you know, Carol, we want you to be part of this family of God, you know, and she wasn't feeling able to. And as they were praying over her, you talk about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He revealed to her her entire past, everything she had shut out. Wow. All of a sudden was just open and clear and she could see it and just now sobbing for a whole different reason. Yeah. You know, yes. Oh, just, just terrible. And so, um, she wound up going to a priest and talking to him and receiving the sacrament of reconciliation and really kind of starting her healing journey there, but still didn't feel, um, like completely healed and also was aware how long it took her to get to that healing. And what must it be like for other women? There have to be other women in this boat, you know? And so she and um, that priest, Father Ron Gary, um, began to look around to see what else was out there that could possibly um, help women find healing. And so they came across the Rachel's Vineyard Retreat and um, began to work to bring that into the diocese so that other women could find this healing. Um, because her story is not unique. I mean, every story is unique. Yes, yes. But there's so many Common. commonalities, you know, between all of these issues. There's Because it wounds us, not only physically, but spiritually. We completely cut off our relationship with God, you know, for, yes. for most of us. You know, and it's us cutting off the relig- relationship. It's not God, you know. Right. It's us saying, there's no way that God can love me, you know. It becomes um, a big obstacle Yeah, and you know, to you, receiving God's love. Yeah, and you go back yes. to that father wound that we were just yes. talking about, you know, the absence of men in this decision, the absence of support, yes. or sometimes men forcing the abortion, yes. which happens as well. Yes. And all of those things, you know, can cause father wounds. We don't think of father wounds coming from, you know, our partner, our husband or our uh-huh. fiance or spouse or whatever. Um, but it can, you know, yes. because they have abrogated the role of fatherhood. Yes. Yes. And so in addition to whatever fatherhood wounds you have as a child, which so many of us have yes. them, yes. Um, then you also add in those additional father wounds. And so think of how hard it is for women to now turn to God the Father 
Yes. Who may have been the source of their pain. That fatherhood or lack of fatherhood may have been the source of their pain. Yeah. It's hard for them to trust that God the Father could be the source of the mercy that could bring the yes. healing. You yes. know? And um and so, so we have the spiritual loss, we have the emotional consequences, you know, losing a child in the best of circumstances is horrible and traumatic. Yes. Or, or and, miscarriage. Yeah. Miscarriage. Is. Yeah. You, you know what that sets up. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's and so, you know, grieving. We're, we're not supposed to outlive our children, you know, so yeah. whatever age you are, you lose a child. But then when you've played a part in that loss, then you bring in that additional guilt yes. and shame. shame. And, um, and then, and then just the relationship with other people, because this is probably the biggest secret you're going to have your entire life. You're not going to tell everybody, anybody. I, I mean, you don't tell your doctors, you don't tell your friends, you don't tell your mother. So your entire support network is now cut off, you know? And so there's, there's this wedge between you. So it affects all of your relationships. So you think every component of who we are as people is affected by this decision, not just for days or weeks or months, but for years and decades. Yes. And, and when people bury that so deeply. Right. Like Carol yet, did. Yeah. And yet it still affects them. It still affects them. And so them. that's even more troubling yeah. because they can't really get at the root yeah. of what's bothering them. And what's interesting is, you know, you hear people kind of naysaying the, the Catholic Church because of this Catholic guilt, right? The idea of Catholic guilt that we focus on, um, you know, how how we are supposed to live our lives as children of God. Um, and yet guilt is really a good thing because it guilt pushes us toward healing if yes. we allow it to. That's a beautiful you way know, to look yeah, at so it. Yeah, so guilt is about an event, uh, you know, an action that we took, whereas shame is about self-identity. Yes. I'm worthless. I'm a terrible person. And that's something that just leads to this distorted thinking that is always debilitating. Yes. And that's the the burden that most women carry and men, you know, yes. the shame because we know men who have pushed women into abortions and they come to Rachel's vineyard yes. and, and just, you know, the, now they have not only the guilt over the child, but the guilt over the woman, you know, the mother, because they pushed them into that situation, you know? And so, um, so guilt is good. Shame not so is good. not so good. Yeah. Well, and Amy, you met, you know, you're talking about it affects men. It also can affect parents mm -hmm. who maybe pushed a child into abortion yeah um from my you know my uh, view as a nurse i've seen healthcare professionals terribly yeah. wounded some you know like some doctors who did abortions and you know have had transformations but right. also some nurses who yeah. sometimes are forced into assisting when they really don't want to and and some of those religious freedoms are getting um challenged absolutely so, and then there's the case of adverse medical diagnoses you know where you've got a child yes. that maybe you really really wanted and now you've been told that this child has a condition that's either incompatible with life or maybe that um you know that, that they'll just have a terrible um life with no quality of life right you know? i, I so, think of a friend who was in a prayer group at my house years ago when she and i were talking recently and they were told by doctors that they should abort their child. And, of course, they didn't mm -hmm. because they're very strong Catholics and very pro-life. Um, and they were told he had multiple, multiple, multiple deformities. And certainly he did have some challenges when he was born, but not at all to the extent of what the doctors diagnosed in utero. Yeah. So. And it goes back to defining quality of life. And does anyone 
have the right to be able to determine what constitutes quality of life. Yes. And the fact that, you know, God can draw on people with the, the simplest of minds and the simplest of lives and their pure love of him can bring more grace into the world than, you know, any doctoral dissertation, you know, that the rest of us could write. Yes, you yes, know. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, Amy, to talk for just a minute about some of the physical and emotional things that women go through when they do have an abortion. Yeah. Um, what what stands out for you when you think of some of those things and some of the things that you've learned because you've been trained in this ministry? Yeah, well, women are um, women who have been, um, undergone undergone an abortion are um, over eighty percent more likely to suffer from mental health impacts, yes. and that can include depression or anxiety or you know a lot of other manifestations. Um, but then, even more than that, um, substance abuse. Um, women are um, more than double, uh, like 110% more likely to have substance abuse um, uh, addictions and whatnot. And and perhaps even worse, women are like 150% more likely to engage in suicidal behaviors, suicidal ideations, suicidal thoughts, and even suicidal attempts and completions. Because it is so devastating when you allow yourself to stop and think about oh my gosh what did i just do it just pulls at your heart and then especially when you have the dialogue that's on um you know on the media right now that 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 is so polarizing you know that doesn't allow the women room to find the healing you know there's kind of no port in the store they don't feel like pro-life people will support them because look at what they did but then they don't feel like the pro-choice people are supporting them because they're telling them that this is a decision without consequence that this is a decision that will free you from your problems not push you into more problems. Um, you know, one of our priests I know talks about abortion being a, a long-term consequence yes. or, or, you know, effect, effect mm-hmm. of a short-term problem, you know, and there are so many different ways that we can help women. But when you're in that situation of having a um, unexpected pregnancy and not being ready for it, you don't even think about looking out to see what the options are. You know, all of a sudden you're just so myopic about um, your problems and the consequences and, oh my gosh, how is this going to impact my life? And, you know, maybe you're with a man who is um, abusive and you, you feel like if I have a child with him, then I'll never be able to escape this relationship. I'll be tethered to him yes, for the rest forever. of my life. Yeah. Yes. And yet there are resources out there that can, can help women, but you just don't see that when you're in that situation. Yes. Let's, let's dive into that. And listeners, this is Dr. Kathleen Kavorik, and I'm here with um, Amy Julian. And, and Amy's going to share with us a little bit about Rachel's Vineyard Retreats, which is one wonderful option for abortion healing for, for women, for the men who may have been involved, for healthcare professionals. So, right. so Amy, what, tell us a little bit, give us a little overview of a Rachel's Vineyard retreat. And knowing, listeners, that this is all very, very confidential. Right. Uh, the, the retreats are not even the place where they're held is talked about. Right. So, because, again, this is the biggest secret that um, most people have. If they've, you know, participated in an abortion, they probably haven't told anybody. And so even picking up the phone to make that first call to reach out for help is it it can inspire panic. You know, I mean, just your heart can start racing and things like that. So it takes a tremendous amount of courage and even grace, you know, from the Holy Spirit to make that first call. And then, um, 
for us, go ahead. I, I just want to encourage all you listeners right now, you know, just with what Amy said, with what a difficult step that is. If there is someone you know, please come by their side and help them. If, if that someone is you, yeah. please, please make that telephone call. Yeah. We'll give you those numbers before the end of the show. Yeah. And knowing that there is healing available. Um, and so, so once you pick up the call, you've worked up the courage, um, you're greeted by, you know, Carol or one of the other members of our team who will hold your identity and confidentiality yes. in absolute secrecy, you know, because again, you know, all been there, you know, and so the retreat itself, when people walk in on Friday afternoon, um, you can just see just kind of almost like sh- shrunken, you know, that they're downcast and their shoulders are hunched and their complexion is, gray, you know, even pulling into the parking lot, you'll see people hesitate to even come inside because it's like, how can I even think about opening up this part of my life? And so we'll actually go out and greet them in the parking lot and bring them in and help them to feel like this is a safe place. Yes. And so the retreat itself is a series of living scripture exercises that start rooted in the gospel, just like all healing is, um, start, start talking about Christ. And each living scripture exercise is then um, followed by a meditation where we lower the lights in the room and invite them to close their eyes and picture themselves in this gospel reading. And so, you know, we start off with the adulterous woman, you know, who is afraid of being stoned because she's been found out. And then we pass around a rock and say, is there anyone here to condemn you? And she says, no one, sir. And then neither do I condemn you. And then we pass that around the room and each woman receives that statement. You are not condemned. And all of a sudden it becomes a safe place. And then we enter into the blind Bartimaeus, you know, who's reaching out to healing. And Jesus asks them, how can I heal you? And then the next morning they've entered into that safe place enough where they feel comfortable going back to that moment and going back to their lives and telling their stories and like kind of like opening up that wound, you know, ripping off that scab and um, opening up that wound to just wash it out. Yes. To clean it out. And, um, and so we tell our stories and then we enter into the tomb with Lazarus, you know, when Jesus says, Lazarus, come out and we're unbound from those trappings yes those grave cloths yeah come exactly off. and then beautiful. we get the courage to be like the hemorrhaging woman who reaches out and touches jesus carmet yes. yeah yeah and and begin to ask for that healing and be- begin to believe yes. that we can be healed yes and then we work on anger because It's so often anger is one of the responses that people have. Mm, Oh, yes. You know, that's our go-to protective mechanism is anger. And then then that night, we have an experience uh, which you've participated in because you've been through this retreat. I'm a a volunteer with Rachel's Vineyard. When I was in Family Life Ministries, I actually helped help bring some diocesan support to the ministry because I felt it was so important. And I was so privileged, Amy, to be a support person for a support person. Because not only people who've had abortion, but those support people can also come with us. 
Right. So I got the opportunity to go through these amazing healing experiences. And and even though I have not suffered from an abortion, we all have trauma of various sorts in our lives. And I had my own healing for a whole different, a whole different thing. And it was marvelous. Yeah. And so the end of the evening, we enter an exercise where, um, the women are, and men are led to visualize those yes. children, you know, that they can um, see the child that they thought was lost forever and to begin to believe that that child is with Jesus and has been with Jesus All since the along. moment of that abortion, praying for their mother's healing, praying for their father's healing. And then Sunday we um, have a... Um, a memorial service where we name those children yes. and um, lay them to rest in a little cradle and light a candle to remember I, them and then uh, participate so, in a massive resurrection. That yeah. was so moving to be our, you know, to be one of those support people and to witness yeah. that. I, both the, the naming was incredibly powerful in healing as well as I was in awe of participants that actually got visions of mm-hmm. their their children in heaven yeah that's it was not so that's kind of the norm yeah. it was so beautiful to witness and to be i would have to say rachel's vineyard has an amazing prayer ministry so yeah. i have been involved in that part for years and during the retreat i mean i remember spending a wonderful hour in prayer three in the morning yeah we have people praying around the clock you know which is interesting because we used to have an overnight adoration time um that that for a lot of us has been really really moving just like it was for you but um recent advances in the importance of sleep and important especially in the importance of sleep and recovery of trauma they've actually taken that out out of the retreat because it really is it's not just i mean it's 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 driven by the Holy Spirit, but it's also grounded in really sound psychological and physiological principles about what is stress and what does stress do to your body and taking that deep breath so you can open up your lungs, you know, and so not only to be able to receive the oxygen that you need to get out to all of your limbs, you know, when you're in that fight or flight response, but, you know, also to receive that Holy Spirit, you know, because our body soul composites, you know, that that openness to healing goes with the Holy Spirit, as well as with just the, the breath of oxygen and, you know, that we breathe in of life, you know, yeah. with every single breath. Well, it's, it's beautiful that you have that focus, you know, and, and that that's evolved since yeah. the time I was actively involved, uh, you know, and, and maybe we need to do some of that prayer on the outside, not Amen. the attendees, the rest of us should be praying around the clock. Yeah. So um, we're going to go to break now, but Amy will... We'll be staying here, and we'll be talking more about Rachel's Vineyard Retreats when we return. Did you know you can listen to all your favorite local shows like Awaken and Real Presence Live on any podcast platform such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Amazon Music? Just search for Real Presence Radio on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes in the future. And don't forget to give us a good rating so others can discover the shows. Listen to your favorite RPR shows anytime, anywhere by subscribing on any podcast platform. Just search for Real Presence Radio today. The people love and respect me 
without knowing really anything about me. They love and respect me, not because I'm such a great guy, but because I'm a priest and because of what God can do for them if I'm willing to be generous and obedient to Him. And so that respect, I remember I was about 30 years old, and uh, and there's, there's these 70, 80-year-olds coming and asking my advice about things, and I'm kind of like, you guys have lived way more than me. They go, but, but you're our father. You're our father, and, and we want to know what you would advise. Uh, so, so the humility and uh, the, the trust and the faith of the people would probably be the, the biggest thing in a, in a general way. This is Mark Holcraft. And this is Dr. Joseph Holcraft. You know, Mark, Jesus asks 307 questions in sacred scripture. He has asked 183, of which he only answers three. What's the business with all of this questioning going on in the Bible? Well, Joe, there's a lot there, and we'll be ready to take that on. Tune in to hear about these questions and more on Awaken every second and fourth Wednesday at 7 a.m. Central here on Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. This is Dr. Kathleen Kavorik, and I'm here with Amy Julian. Um, Amy is the Director of Family Life Ministries for the Diocese of Rapid City, and she and I are talking today about Rachel's Vineyard Ministries. Amy, when we talked earlier, you shared a number of uh, just general things about some people you'd seen over the years. For instance, uh, you, were, you were saying there was a woman in her, in her 80s who, mm-hmm. who had healing. Yeah, and... It really, truly is the biggest secret most people will, will carry. Yes, yes. And um, this one lady um, came in her 80s. She was in her 20s when she had had her abortion 60 years earlier yeah. and had not received communion that entire time. Wow. Um, sometimes we get um, younger girls coming um, you know, relatively soon after their abortion. And, and the rest of us are so grateful to see them reaching out for that healing. Yes. And that hopefully that they can avoid, you know, those years and decades of self-recrimination and doubt and all the different things that can go after that. You know, um, one of the more famous stories about women that have um, experienced pain and suffering um, that that points to the anniversary reaction yes. um, is the story of Lorena Bobbitt. So like oh, over yes. 30 years ago when she um, took a kitchen knife and dismembered her husband. Um, What most people don't know about that story is that that was uh, right after the three-year anniversary of an abortion that he forced on her. That was right around like their first anniversary of marriage. She did not want the abortion. She wanted the child. He forced her to go through with it. And she was devastated and had been suffering for all those years. And so as the anniversary approached, you know, she lashed out to him almost kind of an eye for an eye kind of thing, you know, for what he had taken from her. And that's the kind of trauma that abortion can inflict. But knowing like your, your title again, triumph over um, trauma, you know, that 
recognizing the depth of the trauma is important because then it really highlights, you know, the the triumph of yes. God's mercy. You the know, the height of healing right. that is available. You can't appreciate that healing if you don't understand the trauma. Right. And so understanding the trauma is important, but then understanding the mercy. And so we always talk about when you talk about abortion, you need to also talk about the mercy that's available. And we would love it if our priest would preach every month you know, on pro-life homilies. And yet it's hard for them. We understand the kind of backlash that they get because people will accuse them of being political. But when you come at it from the standpoint of mercy, you know, that, that God's mercy can extend even to you and especially to you, you know, father Matt Falgren, I heard his commercial on earlier as I was driving in, he once told me that he, you know, was almost envious of the women who were going through Rachel's vineyard because they understood God's mercy in a way that he never could because you know, yes. when you're so in need of it, then you can so appreciate it. Like in Luke chapter seven, the sinful woman. Yes, yes she has sinned much, but she has been healed. And so, so she shows great love. That's the kind of love that God has in store for the women and men who need the healing of Rachel's vineyard. Yes. And I do believe they can become these warriors Amen. on the front lines of yeah. pro life. And St. John Paul II, that's what he calls us to be, that women who have experienced abortions and been healed can be the most eloquent defenders of life because yes. of the stories that they have to share. It's incredible. Yeah. So tell us, Amy, about the upcoming retreat. So our next retreat is um, right around the April 22nd through 24th in Western South Dakota. We partner with the Bismarck Diocese to offer Rachel's Vineyard, but we really reach out to all the surrounding areas. And we've had women from Montana, Nebraska, Minnesota, Wyoming um, come to these retreats. And so it's February 22nd through 24th. I'm sorry, April 22nd through 24th. (laughs) And um, Carol Kling is our director, and you can reach her directly uh, at 605 Three seven four five six three nine, or if you go to rachelsvineyard.org, then um, it has a link to the South yes. Dakota retreats, and you can find Carol's number on that. Yeah, I checked that out. You can you can just go to the month and grab that date, and that's right. a really easy way to do that. Right, right. So as we move, Amy, from that trauma into triumph, how how can we be the best, most deeply caring community? Mm-hmm. You know, what are some of those? How can our listeners help? Right. Well, you first know, let, of all, pray. Yeah, you know, come Holy yes. Spirit, pray because you know God will triumph over everything through the prayers and tears and sufferings and you know praise that we have to offer Him. Um, but the other thing is to support women in crisis pregnancies and beyond. You know, so, so to be very vocal about what it is that we do as church and as community to support women that, um, particularly single women, and the yes. USCCB, the United States. Conference of Catholic Bishops has an initiative they started a couple years ago called Walking with Women in Need. And the idea of that initiative is just to highlight the programs that are already in place in our church, in our community, even governmental pro- uh, programs, yes. so that any person in a parish can know where to refer a mom in need. So this is both pregnant and parenting moms. Yes. You know, we're not a church that's only for the baby until birth. We're a church that's pro-life from conception to natural death. Yes. And so supporting um, 
supporting women and supporting parents, you know, with programs like Catholic Social Services Uplifting Parents, you know, and the beautiful um, pregnancy care centers that we have yes. here in Rapid City and Spearfish and, you know, throughout the um, listening area. Um, but, like, we just found out about a little project in um, Eagle Butte called Babylock, yeah. which is Lakota for baby. And they support pregnant and parenting moms with, in addition with a project called Laura's Project. Um, and, and Carol's own, their Catholic daughters up in Lemon has been raising, um, collecting materials to be able to send to a pro-life center like that. And so they're sending it to Eagle Butte to support, you know, all the moms in need there. You know, and Amy, I, I love that because they looked at where the gaps are. Right, and I exactly. think we all need to do that in the, in our areas. Mm-hmm. Look at the gaps yeah. and see how you can fill that need. Yeah. And we don't need to, to re, re, um, reinvent the wheel. Yeah, exactly. We don't need to have a duplication of services. And so that's why it's important to have an awareness of what's out there. And then, like you said, look for the gaps. What can we do? You know, yes. and, and maybe it's just supporting the existing programs. Maybe there's a gap in programs that we need to create a whole new ministry to fill. You know, you never know until you look and see what it is. And then pray, 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 pray. Yeah, and, and on a very personal level, because abortion is such a huge problem in our country, mm-hmm. be very aware that right. the people you encounter every day could have suffered from an abortion, yeah. um, you know, might be a health professional that has dealt with that. So we have a lot of walking wounded. Right. And, and I think that we have to have that sensitivity and love for them. Yeah, that that is so important. Always speak with mercy because a lot of people think that Catholics don't have abortions, and yet statistically Catholics have as many abortions as other populations. Um, and so we have to be aware that one in four, and now they're saying one in three women of reproductive age will have an abortion before they are done with their reproductive life. And so we need to always speak with mercy, you know, that God's healing is out yes. there. Never be condemning of the people that have undergone this horrible event. Yeah. Always speak with mercy because God's mercy is out there for them. It's, it is huge. His mercy is so amazing. Amen. So amazing. Yeah. Um, so I hope all you listeners will, um, We'll think about encouraging anyone you know to attend the Rachel's Vineyard Retreat. It's, and offer to come with them. Sometimes yes. They need that. Offer to be the support person. Yeah. Offer to attend if you've been involved in any way. Um, again, having helped out with it, it is an amazing healing experience. Yeah. And, and again, they can t- um, call Carol at 605-374-5639 or find our retreat at rachelsvineyard.org. Yeah, that's 605-374-5639 or rachelsvineyard, all one word, dot org. So we're getting ready now to, uh, Eli is going to tell us about upcoming programs. And so we will be going to the Fargo studio and turning it over to Eli right now. And we'll be back to to close out our time together shortly. Thanks, Kathleen. Another great show coming up Monday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That's hosted by Brandon and John Clark coming to you live from our Fargo studios. They'll visit with Father Kyle Metzger from Shanley High School about emphasizing Lent and growth in virtue. Then Father Luke Meyer from the St. Thomas Aquinas Newman Center in Grand Forks will tell us about an exciting event coming up, Handlebar to, where they'll be going Handlebar to Handlebar with St. Paul's Newman Center. Plus Paul, Bill Donaghy 
We'll talk about tonic masculinity versus toxic masculinity. All that and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's Monday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. All right. Uh, this is Dr. Kathleen Kavorik again here with Amy Julian, and we're just going to wrap up our wonderful program. The scriptural promise came to me that I think is really important for anyone who is suffering in this area. Those who sow with tears will reap songs of joy from Psalm 126, verse 5. Or again, I love from Psalm 3011 that he turns our mourning into dancing. Mm-hmm. And we've really just got to believe that is possible, yeah, don't we? And it was when I was driving in, I heard you mention St. Francis Xavier Cabrini, yes. and she said something about when things seem darkest, that yes. that's a moment when you know that God's going to come rushing in, you know, and, yes. and really, truly with Rachel's Vineyard, that's the case, you know, that if this talk about abortion, you know, has triggered something in your heart that you realize I have healing and it's so difficult to find that healing on your own. And it feels so dark that Rachel's Vineyard really, truly can be that light, can be that yes. promise of God's mercy, you know, that, that can, can really change your life, you know, and, and to be able to remember your child knowing that you have the promise of seeing them again in heaven one day. Amen, sister. Amy, thank you so much for being with us today here on Real Presence Live, where we're fanning those flames of the Holy Spirit. So listeners, thank you for being with us, and we ask for God's blessing on you this day. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.